Braden had that video. How in the world do you uh, do you follow that? Amen. That was awesome, wasn't it? Amen. The book of Jonah this morning. We're looking at the book of Jonah, chapter number three. Book of Nature number three this morning, reading verses one through four. The book of Jonah, chapter uh, number three, reading verses one through four. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and he said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Look at verse 1 again. It says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. The second time. I want to talk to you this morning about the God of a second chance. The God of a second chance. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are indeed a God of the second chance. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you do not throw us away, Lord, when we fail or fall. Father, I just pray today that your blessing, Lord, will be upon the word that is shared today. Open the ears of those that hear today. Father, I just pray that you'll do an incredible work in the hearts and the lives of your people. For the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. God has impressed upon my heart that there are people that are here today that are in need of a second chance. You have tried, but you have failed in some area of your life. Some of you here today are thinking about giving up. You're thinking about throwing in the towel. You're thinking about staying down for the count. If this is you this morning, I've got good news for you, and that is God is the God of a second chance. Let me tell you today that God is a God of mulligans. If you're familiar with golf, in golf there is a term called the mulligan. A mulligan is the best friend of the golfer. A mulligan is simply a redo, a do-over, a second opportunity to get it right. Now this, of course, is not in the official rules of golf. And yet most amateur, most weekend golfers will give their playing partner at least one mulligan per round. A mulligan works like this. A player makes a bad shot. Maybe he hits the ball out of bounds. Or maybe he hits the ball into the water. Or maybe he hits the ball and it doesn't go very far. And and so he says, I'm going to take my mulligan. And so his one redo or do-over for the round. And he gets another chance, another opportunity to hit that shot again. Now my son says to everybody he knows, he says, my dad is the king of mulligans. He says, my dad can turn a triple bogey into a par with a mulligan. Well, I've got some good news for somebody here today. And the good news is my God is a God of mulligans. My God is a God of redos and do-overs. My God is the God of a second chance. Perhaps you have just misfired on a shot. As we say in golf, you really shanked one. The bad news is, yes, you made a bad shot. The bad news is, yes, you failed. The bad news is, oh, you really blew it royally. The good news is that God will give you another chance. God will give you a redo, a a start over. Amen. God is, is offering you a mulligan today. 
I want us to talk about some people in the Bible this morning that received a second chance. I want us to prove through Scripture that God is indeed a God of mulligans. He is a God of redos. He is a God of a second chance. I want to take five people from the Bible this morning who failed in five different areas. And yet each and every one of those were granted a second chance. The first person that I want to talk about this morning is he is the man named Jonah that we read about in our text. That, and his failure was in the area of disobedience. The area of disobedience. Now, all of us are familiar with this story of Jonah and, and the whale. We've heard about it since we were just little bitty in Sunday school. One of the very first stories that, that we ever heard in Sunday school was the story of Jonah. We understand that God called him to go to Nineveh. The, uh, the Bible said it was a very wicked and vile city. Uh, and he was to go to Nineveh and he was to pronounce judgment upon that city. Well, Jonah didn't like this assignment. He didn't want to go to Nineveh and, and announce judgment. He didn't want to go and preach this particular message. And so the Bible says that he took off to Tarshish in the very opposite direction of where God had told him to go. How many understand sometimes God's assignments are less than favorable? Let me tell you, many times God gives me a word for this congregation that, that in all honesty, I don't want to give. Sometimes God gives me a word to, to share, a message to share, and it's a word that I know. Because I've been here seven and a half years now, and I know that this is a word that will anger somebody. I know this is a, this is a word that, that, that might even drive someone away. And if it were my choice, I would not give it. I, I don't want to give it. I don't want to preach it. I, I, maybe I even wrestle with God over whether or not to share that message. And I would preach something else. Oh, oh if only I could preach something else that I knew everybody would like. But to do that would mean disobedience to God. Sometimes we don't like the assignment that God gives us. And like Jonah, oh, oh, we would rather run away. Jonah failed God. He disobeyed God's call to him and took off in the opposite direction. But, but notice our text, Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. The second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Preach against it the message that I tell you. And Jonah arose and went. God is the God of a second chance. God doesn't toss us aside when we fail Him. He doesn't give up on us when we disobey Him. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. God gave Jonah a mulligan. God gave Jonah a do-over. Amen. Oh, maybe you this morning have disobeyed God. Maybe you have failed to do what God has told you to do. Maybe it was something that God spoke specifically to you through that still, small voice, that inner voice of the Holy Spirit where God told you and gave you specific direction and God told you to do something. But oh, you didn't want to do it for whatever reason and so you have failed, you have disobeyed God and not done what God told you to do. Or perhaps you're living in disobedience to the written Word of God. Oh, the Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 17, if you know what to do and you refuse to do it to you, you have 
sinned. And the bad news is you're living in disobedience. But the good news is God is here today to give you a mulligan. God is here today to give you a do-over. God is here today as the God of a second chance. And so if you're here today and you're in disobedience to God, whether or not it is just something that is in the written Word of God that you are failing to do, or maybe something God has spoken specifically into your heart and into your spirit, but you have disobeyed and not obeyed the voice of God, let me encourage you today that the voice of the Lord is coming to you again today for the second time. And God has given you a second chance today and another opportunity to do what He's laid on your heart to do or what He has said to do in His Word. We're grateful this morning for a God of a second chance. Let's look at another person in Scripture that needed a second chance. How about Peter? His failure was in the area of denial. Now we understand that Peter was one of the original twelve disciples. Not only was he a part of the original twelve disciples, he was in the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was Peter, James, and John, the three amigos. Peter was always getting himself into trouble. Peter was what we would call high maintenance. Jesus was always going around behind him and cleaning up his mess. Peter was always boasting of things that he knew absolutely nothing about. One day Jesus is telling his disciples... Of his upcoming betrayal, his arrest, his conviction, and his execution. And Jesus tells him that I'm going to be betrayed by all of you. And Peter squares his shoulders and he stands as tall as he possibly can stand. He clears his throat and he says, not me, Lord. Not me. Everybody else around here. Everybody else might, might, might betray you, but not me. Oh, Lord, you can count on me. I'm your right hand man. I'll be there for you. I'll go to prison with you. I'll die for you if I have to. Jesus says in Matthew 26 and 34, he says, Peter, before the, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. Three times. And sure enough, before the rooster announced the start of a new day, Peter had denied Jesus three times. What will become of this wishy-washy, mamby-pamby, jellybone disciple named Peter? What's going to happen to him? He's failed his Lord. Not only has he failed his Lord, but he's failed his Lord three times. And not only has he failed his Lord three times, but three times in... One day, surely Jesus would be through with Peter. Oh, you had your chance. Surely Jesus would say to him, but no, no, no. Guess who was appointed to be the keynote speaker at the first general council in the, on the day of Pentecost? None other than Peter himself. This very man that had betrayed and denied his Lord three times. Acts 2 and 14 says, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and preached to him. Let me tell you this morning, God did not throw Peter under the bus. Oh, he didn't say to him, you had your chance, boy, but you blew it. No, God is the God of a second chance. 
Maybe that's you this morning. You've, de- you've denied your Lord. Perhaps you have failed to stand up for your Lord. Uh, maybe at work. Maybe at work you have failed to stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe at school. Uh, oh, maybe among your friends. Maybe among your family. Uh, and you have failed. Amen. You have failed. You have denied your Lord and you failed to stand up for Him. But I'm telling you this morning uh, that God will give you another opportunity because He is the God of a second chance today. Let's notice another man in the Bible who needed a second chance. A man by the name of Samson. And his failure was in the area of defeat. If you look on the back of your bulletin today, you'll find a little bit of the notes. That's something new this morning. Samson, his failure was in the area of defeat. Samson's story can be found in the books in the book of Judges, chapters thirteen through sixteen. We know the story of Samson, how he was set apart for the work of God from his birth, dedicated, consecrated to the work of the Lord. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord would come mightily upon this man named Samson. And he would do unheard of, superhuman, supernatural things. Samson was in a lot of battles, a lot of battles. But Samson's greatest battle was not with the Philistines. Uh, His greatest battle was not with some wild animal. Oh, the Bible said that he could slay a lion with his own bare hands. The Bible says that he killed a thousand men one day with a... Dead donkey's jawbone. He was in some fierce and unbelievable and incredible battles, but Samson's greatest battle was not from without, but his greatest battle was from within. The demon of lust was his biggest enemy, and, and though he must have fought that enemy over and over and over again, yet the day come when this enemy of lust overtook him and brought him down. Let me tell you this morning, people, we better destroy the sin in our lives or the sin in our lives will destroy us. This Hercules, incredible Hulk, Superman, oh, this larger than life, unmatched in strength, macho man, was brought down so low by his failure that he was used like a common barnyard animal. Judges 16 and 21 says the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. This man who was once used so mightily by God, oh, this man where the Spirit of the Lord would come mightily upon him in time past, has miserably failed. Surely God is through with him. He had his chance. Oh, but no, God is not through with him. Judges 16 and 22 says, however, oh, the hair of his head began to grow again. Oh, if you read the rest of the story, you'll discover that Samson did more in his death than he did in his life. God gave Samson another opportunity. God gave Samson a second chance. Perhaps you're here this morning and you have allowed Satan to defeat you. 
with Samson. Oh, oh, Satan used lust. With you, it might be something else this morning. The good news is that God is the God of a second chance. And if you'll repent of your sin and turn away from it today, God can take you this morning and He can take you right where you're at today. And He can do more for uh, through you for the rest of your life than He did the whole first part of your life. Oh, people say, well, God can't use me because of what I've done in the past. But friend, if your past has been placed under the blood of Jesus Christ, then according unto God, you have no past. (laughs) Jeremiah 31 and 34 says, I will forgive their sin and will remember it no more. I'm telling you that God is the God of second chances today. Maybe you have failed Him. Amen. Maybe you failed Him miserably. Maybe you're lower than you've ever been in your life. But I'm here to tell you today that God is offering you another opportunity today. God has given you a second chance today. God is the God of the second chance. Let's look at somebody else that needed a second chance in Scripture. A man by the name of Mark. His failure was in the area of disappointment. Mark was an apostle. He worked closely with the apostle Paul and Barnabas and others. Something happened. Paul felt that Mark had had let them down and was not as faithful to them and had let them down by not remaining with them. When they really needed him the most, he had deserted them and didn't do what Paul thought he ought to do. And because Mark disappointed Paul and didn't live up to Paul's expectations of him, and because of this, Paul refused to work with him and separated himself from him. and said, I will not work with him. You can't trust him. You can't count on him. When you need him, he won't be there. You can find this account in the book of Acts, chapter 15, verse 36 through 41. But if you look over in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4 and verse 11, years have gone by, years have transpired from this separation. And years later, Paul actually asked for Mark's help. 2 Timothy, chapter 4 and verse 11, Paul writes to young Timothy and he says, Get Mark. Mark, get Mark and bring him with you for he is profitable or he is useful to me for ministry. Paul gives Mark a second chance. Mark had earlier disappointed the apostle Paul. Oh, but Paul lays this aside and offers Mark another opportunity to work with him. Oh, maybe you're here today and someone has disappointed you in the past and you have washed your hands of that person and you say, I don't want anything else to do with those people. I don't want anything else to do with that individual. Oh, perhaps there's a, a pastor has disappointed you in the past. And so you have tossed all pastors into the same basket. They're all alike, you have, had, you have said and have come to believe. Let me encourage you today, if someone has disappointed you, if somebody has let you down, if somebody has failed to live up to your expectation of them, let me encourage you today to give them another opportunity. Give them a second chance. Perhaps you have disappointed someone else. 
And you think there's no way they'll receive me. There's no way they will forgive me. There's no way they will accept me. I have disappointed them. I I didn't do right by them. I I wasn't there for them. I I disappointed them. And and we can never have anything anymore. It's just all over. Let me encourage you today. Oh, go to them and ask them for another chance. For another chance. Paul gave Mark another chance. Oh, he had earlier written him off. He was put out with Mark. He was angry with Mark. He was disappointed with Mark. But, but sometime later he writes to Timothy and he says, he says, I need you to come and help me. And hey, when you come, when you come, bring Mark with you. Bring Mark with you. Bring Mark with me with you when you come. I'm going to give him another chance. I'm going to give him another chance. Let's notice one more person in the Bible who needed a second chance. The adulterous woman found in the book of John chapter number 8. Her failure led her to disgrace. Disgrace. This woman, the Bible says, was caught in the very act of adultery. often wondered, why didn't they bring the man with her? Because it was the man that brought her, huh? Well, you ladies, I just gave you a really good opportunity there to get all excited. This woman, the Bible says, was caught in the very act of adultery. And they bring her before Jesus to see what Jesus would do with her and how he would react to the situation. And this woman is brought to Jesus in disgrace. She was a sinner. She was unclean. The law said she was to be stoned. But what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? Really, it's not about the adulteress there. It's about the religious leaders trying to trick Jesus. Trying to uh, trick Him and, and make Him look foolish before the people and discredit Him. And they bring this woman, this adulteress, before Jesus, throw her at His feet and say, this is an adulteress, and the law says she's to be stoned. But we want to know what you say. If Jesus says stoner, they would say He has no compassion. If Jesus says release her, they would say He's not honoring the law. What will he do? I personally believe that Jesus spoke a word of wisdom that day. And Jesus said to her accusers, He who was without sin among you, The one that is perfect here. The one that is guiltless. If anyone here today is totally without sin in his life, let him cast the first stone. Oh, I love Jesus. 
He's so cool and so wise. I guess when you're 33, you can be cool and wise. I love Jesus. He's so cool. He's so awesome. He's so incredible. Oh, Jesus. Here's this woman. She's been caught in the very act. Amen. Caught red-handed. Oh, we have eyewitnesses to the account. She's guilty. The law says she's to be stoned. What do you say? And Jesus says, you're right, guys. Hey, you're right. By law, she should be stoned. Let's stone her right here and now. Tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stone her. And the one that doesn't have any sin at all in his life, you start it. And after the one that has no sin starts it, then the rest of us will join in. Yeah, we're going to stun her and let the one that doesn't have any sin, the one that has no fault at all, let him throw the first rock. I don't know what happened that day, but I could just imagine if it were me, because I know what I was like when my daddy said he was going to whip me or do something to me, man. Mm hmm. I can just imagine her closing her eyes. I can, I can imagine her covering her face and her hands. I can imagine her clenching her fists. I can imagine her there waiting for that first rock to be thrown and it hit her body. And she's tense and she's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And one by one she hears this thud. Thud. Thud, thud, not rocks hitting her body, but rocks falling to the ground as everybody dropped their rock. And walked away. And Jesus said to that guilty, adulterous woman, Who came there in disgrace. Woman. Where's your accusers? And maybe she's still like this. I don't know. Maybe she peeks out of one eye. Don't see anybody over there. Peeks out of the, I don't know how it happened. But she looks around. And they're all gone. And it's just Jesus and her. Woman, where are your accusers? I don't know, Lord. They seem to all be gone. Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. The only one that was sinless that day who had the right to throw the first stone, didn't throw it. He never picked up a rock. And he said to the woman that was brought there in disgrace, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Jesus said, woman, I'm giving you a second chance. Maybe you're here this morning. 
You've disgraced your life. You've allowed sin to disgrace you. Maybe you're here today and nobody even knows anything about it. It's amazing. People tell me sometimes you're preaching to the choir if they only knew about the choir. We dress up pretty good, don't we? In fact, I came incognito today. I'm in uh, disguise today. I make some people happy and some people unhappy every Sunday, so I thought I'd make the other unhappy. Other half unhappy today. Maybe you're here today. Oh, and you're in disgrace today, and nobody even knows about it, but you know about it. Nobody knows what you're doing in the middle of the night. Nobody knows what you're doing when nobody's around. Nobody knows what's going on in your mind. I'm here to tell you this morning that my God is a God of the second chance. And maybe you have stumbled and maybe you have fallen. Maybe this morning you're even in disgrace, whether it's known or unknown. But you know that you have disgraced your life and you've allowed sin to disgrace you today. But my God is a God of second chances. And I'm telling you that today the Lord wants to give you another opportunity this morning. Amen. He wants to give you another opportunity. He says, go and sin no more. Repent of what you've done. Amen. Ask the Lord to forgive you of what you've done in your life. Amen. And then get up. Amen. And then make something of your life with the help and the grace of God. He's given you another opportunity. He's the God of a second chance today. Give the Lord a shout of praise in His house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship team, you get back in place this morning. Wow. Listen, listen to me. They're getting in place, but you listen to me. Somebody's here today. Real, real quietly, please. Somebody's here today. You say, Pastor, God gave me a second chance. And I blew it. Oh, wonderful. God is the God of a second chance. But Pastor God gave me a second chance. And I blew it. I messed it up. What about me? Well, the good news this morning is that not only is God the God of a second chance, but He's the God of a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth chance. Amen. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 says, God's mercies never cease. His mercy is renewed every single morning. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, God said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Oh, this morning if you failed in some area of your life, maybe you've even failed the second time. You got a second chance but you failed it too I'm telling you that God's mercies are brand new this morning amen when the sun came out the Lord had brand new mercy today and he's the God not only of the second but of the third
third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and as many times as we mess up and as many times as we fall and as many times as we fail our God amen is able to get us up again and give us another opportunity stand and give the Lord a shout of praise in his house today hallelujah hallelujah oh ridiculous That's cutting edge preaching right there, guys. <laughs> Inside joke, all right. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> your heads are bowed this morning, your eyes are closed. I don't care if you need a second chance, a third chance, or 47th chance today. Let's just say God is the God of another chance. He's the God of another opportunity. You're here today. Nobody's looking about. Nobody on stage is looking about. It's between you and God. I promise you, I forget by time service is over, and especially by time second service is over. your hand and say, Pastor, I I need another chance today. I need another chance. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. How many others? Thank you. Thank you. How many others this morning? Thank you. This morning will lift your hand and say, Pastor, I'll give somebody another chance. I will give somebody another chance. Somebody that needs it, I'll give them another chance. Can I see your hand? That ought to be a hundred percent. It's about a third. I guilted the rest of you to put your hand up. Amen. Well, I said it should be, but I don't want you to lie. So that's fine. It's a whole lot easier to ask God for a second chance. We ask God for a second chance, a third, fourth, fifth, sixth. We won't give our brother, our sister, even a second. We want God to give us the four thousandth chance, but we won't give our brother, our sister, even the second. How many of you this morning say, "With God's help, I'm going to give another chance." I'm going to give another chance. 